The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Don't be scared now, but it looks like you just wandered straight into you mind country. That's you mind, short for unaffiliated mind games, and you ain't never gonna be the same again. Brace yourself. It's time for Red Hot Truth Injection. Oh yeah! That's right, bitch. We're rounding up the sheeple and shaking them awake. You mind? Too damn bad. We're gonna set fire to the wool over your eyes. Feel the burn, baby. Hot damn. We're toppling the lies of the lamestream media one by one. Woo-wee! Watch them bad boys fall. Hey, Universe A. This is Universe B, Colin, and we're going to tear you a new one. You mind? Hey, everybody. We are here with Allie Ross, and she is the author, the creator, the artist behind Familiar Monsters. It is a webcomic. It's amazing. Uh, it's got werewolves. It's got friendship. It's got romance. It's got pretty much everything that makes a great story. And I'm really excited to be here with you today. Hey, Ali. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, give us, uh, without spoiling too much, but give us a, a little bit about uh, Familiar Monsters. Give us a little taste of the plot to get people interested. Uh, absolutely. So um, it's about two friends who, in their childhood, they both experienced kind of some traumatic things, so they've really emotionally bonded together. And uh, they get separated during a werewolf attack while they're out camping. Um, one of the guys, Gare, he is an aspiring musician. He's very outgoing. He gets taken and turned by the werewolves. And John, thinking that he's dead, teams up with this monster hunter to kind of avenge him and change his life so that he can stop others from having to deal with this. Uh, by just happenstance, they meet back up in California. John is hunting a werewolf and torturing a werewolf that turns out to be Gare. And they kind of have to now deal with who each other are now, the monster they both think each other are, and dealing with things that are going on in their personal lives right now as well that Gare thinks is okay in his life and John does not think is okay. And so them trying to deal with those kinds of things. So, And then um, obviously there's a love line through the whole thing that kind of changes and ebbs and flows as we get going so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah it's uh i was just before we started rereading the very earliest episodes uh that you you've actually been doing this since 2017 that's right yeah wow. yes yeah. on um on the 14th it'll be the third anniversary that's amazing so thank you Thanks. <laughs> and uh, you, you have a really uh, beautiful, crisp style. It's uh, very modern, kind of Ling Claire. Uh, Thank you. And uh, I, I, I really enjoy uh, just such dynamic work. Uh, and, and you spend so much time like creating rich environments. And uh, it's, it's just really such a, a great, it's a treat every time a new page comes out. Thank you. So, now, um, have you always kind of like had a fascination with werewolves and the supernatural? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, you know, it, it's a weird thing because I've always been really into it, but I've never really like believed in that stuff. If mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually have a degree in cryptozoology. Oh wow. And, uh, I'm just, I'm really into it. I really love that kind of stuff. And it's always kind of been where my writing has led to. 
until I landed on Familiar Monsters, and I was like, this is it. Like, this is my opus piece to write about these monsters. So. Very nice. So uh, what was, um, <clears throat> I guess, what was your favorite kind of werewolf story that you that you can remember? Ooh, that's a good one. You know, honestly, it is um, the U.S. version of being human. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so good, and I, I really like it because he's a werewolf, mm -hmm. but it's not about that. It's about him dealing, like, with the monster inside that, like, kind of we all have. Mm -hmm. Kind of actually based a lot of Gare off of that character from that show. Nice. And so I think that's a lot of my inspiration. I like the ones that have more emotions attached to it, you know, more. I mean, it's not a, a werewolf one, but, like, Anne Rice really mm -hmm. influences a lot of my work. She puts a lot of human into her monsters, and I really, really like that. Yeah. I think that's kind of the attraction of the werewolf is that it's not an animal, pure and simple. It's, right. Yeah. Right. So that you have to control this aspect of yourself. And I think that makes it so relatable and what, why everybody loves werewolves. I, I agree. So. I totally agree. Yeah, I think, I think there's something about, there's something inside me I can't control, but I still have to deal with the consequences of it. Mm -hmm. It's something that we can really all identify with. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, what was... How did this story start to form? What were your inspirations? Did it was it just one day it hit you, or was it little by little it started to take shape? Um, it was actually little by little. Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine, Amy Shell, uh, her and I always kind of bounce story ideas off each other. Mm -hmm. I've known her since I don't even know eighth grade or something mm -hmm. like that for a really long time, and uh, she's always kind of been my sounding board. And so I was always bouncing off these like you know road trip stories and trying to see what felt right and I kind of bounced this one off her one day and I was like you know what if there was a werewolf and he he had to be with this monster hunter like they had to not kill each other and she was like that that's the one like let's do that yeah. and so and then it just kind of came from that I pulled from a lot of other stories that I've written and stuff to kind of create the characters to create Katie came from a lot of other pieces of you know other people that I've written but um yeah it's just it, it's it's honestly handfuls and handfuls of all my other stories finally being able to be seen by everybody. Mm -hmm. So you've, you've got your basic characters. Gary, you talked about is the, the wolf and John is the hunter. Yeah. And uh, so who are, are these based on like aspects of yourself? Or are they based on people that you meet? Um, I would say uh, all my friends always tell me that Gary is very clearly me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just, which I, I take as a compliment because yeah. I tend to like him. So, um, and then John is is a lot like my friend Amy that I told you about. You know, he wants he wants to be there for his friends so bad, and he tries so hard. You know, so I, I take a lot of him from her. And then um, Katie is actually a mixture of quite a few of like my friends, you know, and things like that. And then um, Tori is actually a representation of a boyfriend I used to have. Oh wow! Um, that is kind of helps me get that out. You know what I mean? It kind of gets me to be like, look how bad you are. You know? Yeah, yeah. Now, Tori is not a nice character in the story. If you if you haven't read it yet, then no, so. she's not. She she is the most fun to write. Mm -hmm. I will give her that, just because you can do so much with a character that just doesn't care. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but. very exciting. So yeah, and so as the story of now. How, what is your process? Do you kind of write an outline out? I, I know that you, uh, in, in talking to you, you, you've said that the story has like a conclusion that there's a full story. 
Um, now, do you have an outline that you're working off, or did you uh, sort? Do you have a script that's completed? How how do you work? Um, so I actually start with um, a novelization form. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of where my training is. That's where the whole thing started. Like it was never I had, I had never really intended to draw it, mm. and uh, that just kind of came up, and then I started doing that. And so there's actually like a full novelization form of the entire story. That hopefully when the whole thing comes out, a graphic novel will come out and the novel will come out. Yeah. So you can kind of pick which kind of medium that you want to enjoy the story from. So I tend to write first. I write in prose. And then I section out the prose where I feel like the chapters kind of organically are the issues. I'm sorry, not the chapters. Um, and then I change that into more of like a screenplay kind of look. Mm. Um, so that is paneled out. And then I, I just kind of go from there. It's... Uh, the paneling is pretty easy for me. I always have a hard time answering that question because I already see what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And so there's not a lot of process there. I just already, I know, I know what I want it to look like after yeah. having spent so much time with the writing. So. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, probably because it, it's in your head because we live in a, a visual environment, those, those of us with sight, um, that you probably, you know exactly what these characters look like, how they move, yeah. what they would smell like even. Uh, yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just telling my husband before this that I was like, I'm ready. I, I know every aspect of these guys. And so... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, uh, there's, there's so many beautiful shots that capture, uh, the, the friendship between these two characters that, uh, you, you can tell that you really understand it. Um, there's one that you posted, I think on your, your Instagram where, uh, Garrett is sitting playing guitar on his car and John is just sort of reclining with his hat over his eyes, like taking a nap. And it's like that level of closeness that they're not implying anything except that like he feels relaxed enough. He can just lay there. Uh, and this is a, a monster essentially who, yeah. who's just sitting on his car playing guitar. And he's like, nah, I trust you. It's, it's hey, good. Thank you. Yeah. I, I really try with them. Um, at the beginning, if you'll notice John's, he doesn't want to be touched. He can't really say how he's feeling to Gary. He can't really do anything. And I think even though Gare's kind of the mess up, he really rubs off on John mm -hmm. so that now we are at that point where John is comfortable and John is reaching out for the hug first. And John is kind of, you know, opening up to this person that's always been his friend. It's, it's mm -hmm. just taken him a little bit longer to be able to get to that point. And um, I, I'm, I'm glad that you picked up on that because that's something that's really important to me in the comic. Yeah. It's, you know, to know that you can be close with just a friend like this. Mm -hmm. You can be guys and be close like a friend with friends like this. Like, I feel like that's, uh, a really important element that I like to try and get across. Yeah, I no, I think it's an important element too because I think so much. Um, whenever there's a coupling of any kind uh, in a film or something like that, they they can't just be friends. They have to take yes. it to that next level. Whether it's yeah. male, female, male, male, they it, it can't just no. We can't just be friends. And it's like friendship right. in and of itself is a very meaningful relationship. It, not Absolutely. everything is sex. <laughs> Absolutely, I. I feel like friendship can be more of a commitment mm -hmm. than any other relationship in our lives. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the things while I was deciding when I was writing this, if they were going to be actual brothers or not, initially they were going to be. Right. And that's why I decided against no. Cause I was like, we need to show that it doesn't have to be a blood family member right. to be this close, to be this determined and, you know, willing to help these people. And yeah, I agree with you. I, I feel like you see that everywhere. Nobody is just friends. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's on. And it's it is such an excellent series. Um, 
Now, if you were to, if you were to take this series to say like Netflix or uh, something like that, do you have an idea of who you would want to cast in each role? Um, I do. Mm. Uh, they'd have to be a little bit older because the actors are a little bit older. But I've actually always kind of thought of Court of Overstreet for Gare. Okay. And um, Joshua Sass for John. Mm. He was uh, the lead in Gallivant. I'm not sure if you saw that or not. But they, they've always just kind of been who I've picked. But at the same time, I'd also kind of like faces that nobody's ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd really like it to be new so that people aren't coming in expecting something from the actor. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like I would really just put that in the hands of the production team. Really? Like I did my part. Let me just watch while you, you pick this, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. Now you say that you have a degree in cryptozoology and uh, I'm very curious, have you ever participated in uh, any kind of exploratory kind of uh, missions like going out, Bigfoot hunting, that kind of thing? Uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I actually went uh, to New Orleans with my aunt a few years ago, mm-hmm. and she she's amazing. She she's a really cool person, and she was very willing to go on some like monster tours, and, like monster hunting things, and uh, like ghost things in yeah. New Orleans. And um, so we went with a couple of groups, and we did some of that, and it was really interesting. Um, like I said, that's not necessarily my belief, mm-hmm. and so it it was really cool to watch people who were really into it and there. Yeah, like wanting to do it. Um, that trip is actually where this whole end of this issue in New Orleans has come from. Oh wow! Uh, all, a lot of those things that happened uh, just recently in the pages where Gare mm-hmm. instigates the fight with that smoker. Um, we actually saw that happen in New Orleans when oh, I was wow. there with my aunt, and so you know that that city in particular, just because it's so haunted and it has such like a rich history of those kinds of things, I really felt like needed to be in it and be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's uh, so so for those of you who haven't read it yet, yeah, there there is a big right now we're hanging on this big altercation that's going on in the bar, <laughs> and where is that going to go? <laughs> and uh, it's 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 very fun. Um, yeah, and now when you, when you find your cutoff for your page, do you intentionally kind of leave it so that people are like, oh, please tell me what happens next, and uh, or or is oh, it just how it goes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I definitely do. I, um, I, I'm pretty guilty of that. I've been called out by a few readers, <laughs> but, uh, but I like it, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's feeding to have people be like, wait, why are you doing this? Yeah. You know, let us give, it, give us more, give us more. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely do intend for it to end that way. <laughs> Very cool. Cool. So. Yeah. Um, now you obviously you're talking about your aunt and going on this trip and everything. And it seems like you must have a very supportive family that is, is behind you and wants to see this succeed. Um, can you tell me about some of the people who have been integral and helping you get this off the ground? Um, well, first and foremost, my husband, Mm -hmm. uh, he, uh, he's in the Navy and so he is working just nonstop all the time. And the second he gets home, he's, you know, on our kid, he's doing the chores, he's doing stuff so that I can continue to work and get this done. And that's just been the main help. I, I couldn't do it without him. Um, and as I said, my friend Amy, uh, a friend of mine, Paige, she pre-reads every page. She tells me the absolute truth about this is working, this is not, you know, what she likes, what she wants to see. And that's exceptionally helpful. Uh, and like and like you said, my family is very supportive and um Again, especially my aunt Shirley, because 
I know it's not necessarily her genre, mm -hmm. but I feel that she's put work into finding out about the genre so that she can be a part of this and be so integral and supportive in it. And so it's been, it's been really awesome having such a nice team around me willing to do so much when I'm only giving them three pages a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very cool. Now, uh, in, in other interpretations of werewolves that you've seen in uh, film or read in literature, um, what are some aspects that you like and aspects that you dislike that we're never going to see in Familiar Monsters? Um, well, as far as the aspects that I dislike uh, would be the changing at will, mm -hmm. which uh, I'm not saying that we wouldn't see that in Familiar Monsters. However, it may come across a little differently than we've seen in, in shows where they can do that, like True Blood, where mm -hmm. you can just pop it on and off. Um, one of the things I really liked that was, as far as I can remember, I've only really seen in Hemlock Grove, is the human coming out from the inside of the wolf. Hmm. And so instead of them like uh, morphing and changing, the human skin is literally just coming off and the wolf is coming from the inside. And I thought that I was like, that is cool. We don't really <laughs> see that. That's always been my intent with Gare. And then, um, especially at the beginning, since I literally started drawing when I started drawing this, it was like the first thing I'd ever drawn. My skill set wasn't quite there yet to show that. And so I'm excited as we get closer to seeing him do some more transformations and stuff. Again, being able to actually show that that's the transformation that I want. Um, and beyond that, I, I feel like he follows a lot of other werewolf tropes. Mm hmm. You know, he gets a little PMSy around the moon. Like, I, I feel like he, I kind of want him to follow in those tropes so he can be more identifiable with mm -hmm. people that that's why they're there. Yeah. I think that's incredibly interesting that you say that you uh, were not an artist before no. this series. That, uh, you're, you're definitely a writer. You you have the novelization all planned out, but you're, you're and looking at your your recent stuff, it's uh, that would be very hard to believe because it it, it is so clean and it's so beautifully done. Thank you. And uh, but uh, yeah, and, and so that's got to be. Uh, I mean, just the drive to get that story out is that what made you decide you know, it has to be drawn? We have to do this. It, it was. Um, I was at a convention for the show Supernatural, mm -hmm. and I met another writer there. And we were just kind of talking about what we were working on. And I was telling her about this story. And she's actually the one that suggested that I draw it. And I told her that I don't really draw. Like, I've sketched a little, but I don't really do it. And she kind of gave me the advice of there's no better time to learn than when it needs to get done. And that you'll never get better if you don't start and try. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like, absolutely. And, you know, sitting down and drawing for 10 to 14 hours a day really, like, sets that skill yeah into you know into your brain <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah I, I i get very happy looking back at the progression like i look back at some of those first issues and i'm like oh this this needs to be reworked <laughs> but, yeah and th there's artists um who, who've done that uh if you're familiar with the series trying human which is uh, sort of about an alien romance um she actually and i can't remember the artist's name now uh, but she she did actually go back and redo all of her old things because she'd been going on for so long that uh, it and uh, I, I think even professional artists, if you look at uh, some of the early work that people have done with even like DC or Marvel and you're just yeah. like, oh, this is very 90s era. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thing And uh, so I, I think that that's natural and it's it's kind of uh, 
it's it's a it's a fun experience for the people who read it because they're just like oh wow like you you can actually see the metamorphosis and the whole story is about metamorphosis so oh good point yeah, yeah. I'm using that <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's it's very fun um now, what do you want um, when when you think about the the overall message that you want to convey to people when they read? Um, is there an overarching theme? Is is there uh, are there certain elements that you want to make sure you're communicating? Absolutely, uh, I really try. I kind of want each of the characters to represent something inside of each of us that maybe we don't really care for. So I would say that Gare is. Um, He's very confident, but he doesn't really care for himself. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, he's a little depressed and he, he has a hard time trudging forward, but he just slaps on that smile and goes. And I kind of want people to see him and be like, yeah, like, you know, we can keep moving. We can get good things when they're feeling that way. And, you know, John, I, I like for his kind of overarching feel to be that of anxiety and just how hard the world can hit us. And then again, like, you can still go, you can still go, you still go. And, um, mm -hmm. With Katie, uh, you know, my perfect little flower, Katie. <laughs> uh, I mean, hers is just more about the will to go on. You know, she's had some things in her background, too, that um, are comparable to mm -hmm. both John and Gare in, in a very real way. And she doesn't let it affect them, mm -hmm. affect her the way it does kind of them. And so, I, you know, with all three of them, I just really want the overall arc to be, you know, be there for each other. We can do this together. You can do it yourself, too. Just... You got to, you know, keep on swimming, basically. Yeah. yeah. So. And I, I think that's super meaningful. We've had uh, Dr. Janina Scarlett on the show, uh, who's a psychologist who does therapy based in comics and pop culture. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that we had kind of talked about was that all of these characters we love, um, uh, like any pop culture character you can think of, they're all dealing with the good ones anyway. They're all dealing with a trauma that they have to fight against. And Absolutely. that's why we love them is because we ourselves are, uh, you know, we, we're, inter we're experiencing it internally. Other people aren't seeing it, but we're having to deal with this constant turmoil of emotions all the time. Yeah. And you don't get to get rid of the things that happened in your past. Those memories always haunt you. So right. That stuff's going to be there. Yeah. yeah. We're always yeah, coping. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. And yeah, just, you're gonna have to deal with this stuff eventually. And mm -hmm. look, look what happens when you don't deal. And so especially right now, kind of the theme of uh, issue 10, mm -hmm. um, without trying to give too many spoilers for people who haven't read it, but sometimes those things that are inside us bubble up and they show on the outside over and over and over again, mm -hmm. and we can't stop them. And we don't know what to do about it. And instead of resisting it, maybe you need to embrace it just a little bit so that you can become who you're going to be now. Yeah. Things are going to change and you're going to change and you need to be able to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of one of the important things that you get with the series is that you are not who you were in your past. Absolutely. That, yeah. That you, you become something else and that it's okay to embrace that something else that you've become. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. the people who can accept you for that change are, are the people who stay with you and the people who can't. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm very curious to talk about, is it okay to talk about your degree in cryptozoology? 
absolutely. I I am just I I love it. It's something that I I've been into my whole life. When I was in college, I I followed around a bunch of people and did interview with people who were involved with alien abduction and stuff like oh, that cool. because I think it's so interesting. And like you said, it's not necessarily your hard fast belief that this is something right. but but you want to know like what what goes on like what it's what is so intriguing yeah. <laughs> yeah and um so was that something when, when you got into college were you just like yes cryptozoology major or so um i actually when i first went to college mm -hmm. i have a degree in creative writing okay and i actually just finished my cryptozoology degree earlier this year okay so I, I did it online uh it's something i've always kind of been wanting to do, but I always kind of stayed back because I was like, when are you going, what are you going to use this for? You know, what are you going to do with this? And then I finally try, you know, try to listen to myself about you know, people are changing and, da, da, da. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, just, just go get it. And so I, I sought it out and I kind of divided up my time between working on the comic and working on this degree and to get it. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it, but I just, I'm glad I have it. And it's, yeah. especially when Familiar Monsters is done, uh, my next few pieces that I plan to be working on are very monster centric as well. And um, I can already feel the degree influencing those stories. Mm -hmm. So I think it will be helpful in my writing as, as things come up. Yeah, it's um, one of the, the big things that I've heard because I, I, I write the podcast and the comic book myself. And um, one of the big things I've always heard is that there's no really such thing as writer's block. You just need more research. Yeah, <laughs> just, I, I like that. Yeah. So <laughs> anytime you feel stuck, you're like, okay, well, we're writing about, you know, Rougarou or uh, werewolves or something. Mm -hmm. Let's let's go read some folklore about that. And Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And whether you use those things or not, it's, it's nice to have those there so they can be peppered through. It's, mm -hmm. it's something I tried to do with John. Um, I have had a few comments that we don't get to see him hunt enough mm -hmm. and, uh, and things like that. And so I do do a lot of side stories yeah. that are through my Patreon and a lot of those are him hunting and they're the different, different interesting creatures that maybe people haven't heard of or, you know, things I learned in my course that he can hunt so that, because I think people do come to see more of those monsters mm -hmm. and they're not necessarily there unless you're part of my Patreon. <laughs> yeah. So now you you'd said like you get comments from people thinking that uh, we need to see more hunting. Um, have you ever gotten any uh, really negative comments about your work and how do you deal with that? Um, I, I've gotten a couple basically about uh, I, what we were talking about before about, you know, guys being too close to friends mm -hmm. and you know, you keep saying they're brothers and then you're portraying them in this really close way. And I, I, I did have a couple comments about that uh, towards the middle, around issue eight, when things were really going bad for Garen. Um, I kind of just ignored it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. People are going to like stuff and people aren't going to like stuff. And that's not really my business, I feel yeah. like. You know, I, um, I feel bad when people feel like they have to comment negatively on someone else's work. I, I feel bad for them. I feel like that's something to do with them and not with me. And so I really try and just let that stuff roll off and really try and listen to, you know, the positive energy and the people I have around me and the people I have supporting me so that that stuff doesn't really bother me. Mm -hmm. So, which is good. Yeah. I, I think that, um, well, the internet's opened up so many wonderful things for being able to express yourself creatively. I think that that's one of the, like, negative thoughts that just flash in people's mind they can't just flash there and be like ah let's yeah. move on they have to be like i must share 
how much right. I hate you everything. No. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. It's like, all right. Well, but I think that's like what you're saying is that it's something within themselves. Like, why is this what you want attention for? Right. Why and why is this what's bothering you? Like something's going on with you that is making this bother you. Mm -hmm. So hopefully if you keep reading it and understanding that it's okay, maybe it'll help them feel like it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe things can change for them in their own lives. Yeah, you would hope so, because because sometimes the people who protest the strongest are, are actually just reading along and they, they say they're hate reading, but you're really like, nah, you're, but you're still reading. So. Right. You, you need something from this and I hope you're getting it. Yeah. 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 So she's very cool. So um, now the hunting aspect, uh, John being a hunter. Now he doesn't just hunt uh, werewolves. He's, we've no. also seen him hunt other species yeah. as well. Um, yeah. And um did, was that inspired like uh w was there any uh like folkloric or real life organizations that you based that kind of uh set that structure for the hunters on um so uh no nothing as important as for folklore or real life things uh he's actually more of from again the, the show supernatural mm -hmm. i i love the monster episodic play out in the early seasons of that show and um dean's just like go 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 attitude and that's i really try and push that into john and so it's really kind of based more on that and based more on john's inability to sit still and inability to settle down somewhere and be with someone and um up until of course when he meets gare when he stays in california with him this is the longest he's stayed anywhere and so uh it's it's really more based off of of that show. I, I wish it was something cooler than that, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> that's, that's it a pretty from. cool show. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, honestly, I, I really do appreciate that show because uh, it is modern day folklore. It's, it's sharing the stories of yeah. the past in the same way that we used to do through word of mouth um, and reappropriating them into something new. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think that there's kind of a, an idea that because something's a TV show or a comic book or, uh, you know, something in pop culture, that it's like, oh, it's it's not important. It's like, well, the only reason like these major works of literature and Shakespearean plays and things like that are important is because they're so old and they've lasted so long and they've lasted that length of time because their story is enriching and meaningful to people and people still. Yeah. And I think Supernatural is one of those kind of shows that. Uh, I I agree. I mean, it has it has a lot more than than just the monsters. Mm -hmm. It's kind of. I always kind of strive for that feel with familiar monsters that, you know, it's more than just the monsters. It's more than just, you know, the background noise of the story. Then it's actually about these, you know, two people really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Now, um, it, how can people, uh, support the, uh, the, I guess, do you, do you just call it a web comic? Do you call it a story, a series? Um, uh, for, yeah, for right now it's a web comic until mm -hmm. the whole thing comes out and then, the, the main goal is for it to be a graphic novel mm -hmm. in the end. So, um, yeah, and as far as supporting it, I do have a Patreon. It is attached to my website, which is www.familiar-monsters.com. Mm -hmm. um, also on that website, a Etsy store is coming up soon. Uh, it probably won't go live until October because I'm going to be a vendor in the Horgasm convention yes. then. And so I'm kind of saving the shop for that so that it's all kind of con con first items. Mm -hmm. um, and then 
beyond beyond that, honestly, just reading, commenting, liking things. Uh, I, I think sometimes when you're working in digital arts and especially web comics and things like that, and especially you know, when you're in lockdown during quarantine, mm-hmm. you're kind of just arting into the void. Yeah, and it's and it's hard to know if are people reading it, are they responding to it, what are they liking, and so I would say the biggest, the biggest and just easiest, most simple way to support is, hey, that's cool, you know, liked this page, those kinds of things are, I, I value those a lot more than the Patreon or anything else. Mm-hmm. And and you have a little bell in the corner of your page that you can subscribe as well, so you know yes. when the new episodes come out. So yes, yeah, and they're every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I do page dumps for different kinds of things. I do one for free comic book day. Uh, I do one on Gare's birthday, uh, in the winter, starting on occult day in November, I do a page a day up through three Kings day. That must be rough. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to get really ahead. <laughs> so, um, I, I usually run like 10 to 25 pages ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in case something comes up and I have to, you know, travel for a family emergency or anything like that. Or um, sometimes I just get antsy and I, I need the story to get out there. So I create these reasons to dump the pages. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and like on, on the anniversary in two weeks, there will be a, a fairly massive page dump to celebrate the third, uh, the third year. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So if people aren't caught up, they need to get caught up because there will be a lot more to read in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yes. Very cool. Very exciting. Oh, so so that's something definitely look forward to. And everybody, if you if you're not familiar with the series yet, get on familiar-monsters.com and start reading up because everything's there. It's right there for you, so yep. you can get involved. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to uh, the merch and everything like that. So, is it t-shirts, stickers? Do you have? Um, I have. I'm gonna have some stickers. I'm gonna have prints. The PDFs for um, issues one through 10 are gonna be available for purchase so oh, nice. that you can own them in your own format. Uh, there's gonna be bottle openers, um, stickers, pins, uh, sticky notepads. Cool. Just just some kind of things to use around your desk kinds of things. So, uh, guitar picks. Oh, not, yeah, that's perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. All right. Thank you so much for being with us today. And is there anything, any kind of message that you want to leave with our listeners or people who are aspiring comic book artists, writers, cryptozoologists? Um, I, I would just say, just do it. If it's something you want to do, do it. And I understand the worry of it's not going to look right or people aren't going to like it. And uh, nobody has a chance to like it if you don't do it. True. So just do it. And if they don't like it, but you like it, then it's done the correct way. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ali. It was amazing to have you on the show. Thank you so. for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Special thanks to Ali Ross, the creator of Familiar Monsters. It's a webcomic you gotta check out. You can go to Facebook at Familiar Monsters or Instagram at Full Moon Garrick. And you can also check out their website, familiar-monsters.com. All links will be in the description below. And you know what else you can do? Say thank you to Savage C. Walnar, our legendary announcer, because they make the show what it is, honestly. And thank you to Ethan McSell, the composer of Demilitarized Zone, the You Mind theme song. Hooray! We love you, Ethan. 
You can go to patreon.com slash lucidnap to support the show on a monthly basis. Even just $1 donation helps so much. Or go to buymeacoffee.com slash lucidnap. And that's me. I'm Nap High, and you can give small one-time donations there. Or go to lostbreadcomic.com, buy my comics, buy my art, buy stickers, buy all sorts of fun stuff. We're going to have new stuff coming for summer, hopefully. So, yeah, that'll be good, too. You know what else? And I was just thinking about it. It's, it's something that you could do if you were so inclined, if you're just looking for something kind of fun. You could follow us. Yes, follow us on all of our social media links below and check out Creeping Wave Radio because Creeping Wave Radio is our scripted audio drama that features so many local talented performers and musicians. It's kind of like an old time radio show and you're going to love it. Thank you so much for watching. And thank you so very much to The Gramerica Show, Nikki Benfield, and Neil, who are our Patreons, and we love them. The You Mind is brought to you by Lucidnap Productions, in cooperation with a hairy old man. Not so much anymore. I guess not, huh? How do people who make stuff up for a living make stuff up? New York Times bestseller Jonathan Mayberry told us... Oprah's book club favorite Sue Miller told us... You know, you sort of take a character and make some bad things happen. How'd we get them to do that? We colored them, just like at a cocktail party, except through your headphones. Join us every Thursday for the Liars Club Oddcast. A slightly unhinged podcast where storytellers interview other storytellers. Available on Project Entertainment Network, iTunes, and everywhere podcasts are heard. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.